Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Hello, everyone. My name is Letty Rising, and welcome to another episode of Montessori Talks. And I am here to talk about all things related to the Montessori Elementary Classroom. Today's topic is on self-reflection. When considering elevating your teaching practice, there are really two major paths towards self-improvement. One is external feedback that you get from colleagues who can let you know if you're on the right track, or maybe you might need to make some adjustments. And the other is self-reflection. The really great thing about self-reflection is that we take ourselves with us wherever we go. And so self-reflection is an opportunity that is always by our side, rather than having to wait for others to lean on for external validation or critique Self-reflection is an internal process that supports continuous growth. However, it's also true that the skill of self-reflection does not come naturally to some, and it is something to be cultivated over time. In order for you to feel successful with the process of self-reflection, you're going to need to be able to ask yourself questions and respond to those questions and then take action. For self-reflection to be successful, it doesn't just stop at the thinking stage. It continues to the doing stage, which involves taking action, observing if the action was successful, and then adjusting your approach if it wasn't. Every day as a teacher offers the opportunity to reflect, which acts as a springboard for an action-oriented activity that leads to positive change. In order to get to this point, you'll need to start by asking yourself some questions and really digging deep into the answers. I have a few examples of questions that you could ask yourself, but the possibilities are endless. 
One question you're going to want to ask yourself, particularly after you give a lesson, is Was my presentation a success? Success can mean many things, but here are a few examples. The students were asking questions and exploring the materials. You noticed that. The students indicated that they enjoyed the lesson. So they're telling you that they enjoyed it, they liked it, they might be smiling or showing some sort of verbal or uh, body language demonstration to indicate that. The students were attentive, they were listening, they were watching. The students were eager to repeat the lesson or engage in some sort of follow-up work. That is how you know your presentation is a success, especially the last point that I made, which is that the students are wanting to repeat the work. Maybe they want to repeat a science experiment that you demonstrated, or they're going to want to get their hands on those math materials. Or maybe they want to make a poster or a booklet after you gave a geometry lesson or a history lesson. If any of these things aren't happening, is there anything you can do next time to change that? You could do lots of different kinds of things. Maybe you're going to want to ask students more questions to get them engaged. Maybe you're going to want to talk about expectations regarding how to interact during lessons. Here's a few questions that you can ask yourself if things didn't go the way you hoped that they would. How was my mood today? As Haim Gannat says, our mood creates the weather, and sometimes we forget how impactful our mood is to classroom life. If you ask yourself, how is your mood, and there's a string of not-so-great mood days that you have, you might want to see if there is anything you can do to adjust the external world in your life in order to support your internal state. Maybe you're needing more sleep and you need to go to bed a little bit earlier. Maybe eating at different times of the day will stabilize your blood sugar. You want to look at what is impacting your mood and see if there are any environmental obstacles that you can take out that will help make sure that you're able to have the kind of mood that you want to present to your students. You might also ask, did anything surprise me today? Were you surprised by a child's response to a presentation or maybe by a child's sudden initiative when they didn't have it before? Or maybe there was a group that worked together especially well today. Were you surprised by any words or actions that you heard or witnessed? If so, why were you surprised? What new information did you get from this observation? These are things to ask yourself, what surprised me today? Because these are things you might want to write down and jot down and reflect upon and adjust your craft accordingly, according to what comes up. Another question you want to ask is, were there any obstacles in the way that prevented any student from doing their best? Now, this is sometimes hard to detect, but it's good to see if there are roadblocks to a child's success that you might be able to remove in order for them to be able to do their best and be their best in the classroom. And if so, is there a way to remove those roadblocks that you might be able to have a hand in, or maybe it is your administrator or maybe parents? Um, an example would be, uh, was a child tired or hungry 
Or did they experience a triggering event that caused a different behavior than what is typical? And if so, what did cause the fatigue or the hunger or the triggering event? Can any of the obstacles be easily removed? And who has the power to remove them? Identify the person or those people who have the power to remove them if it's not you and talk to them. Another question you'll want to ask is, what are the biggest obstacles for me to improve my practice and how can I overcome them? So these obstacles have to do with you. Are there external obstacles in the way? And if so, who can you call upon to help remove them? Maybe your obstacles involve a lack of resources or a lack of time. A lot of times teachers struggle in both of these areas because we know that the education field tends to be an under-resourced profession for many. And we also know that teachers are always wanting and needing more time. Is there someone in your sphere of influence or in your circle who can give you these things? And if not, where do you have the agency and can act upon your circumstances? So there might be things that you want that other people are the only ones who can give it to you. So you would be relying on them and maybe there aren't any changes that can be made. However, There are things that you might be able to do, and maybe you can adjust your time schedule. Maybe you can find some free resources by calling upon people and asking people for support. What about internal obstacles, though? This is a big one. Are you feeling anxious or unconfident? Are you nervous? Are you a first-time teacher? Or maybe you have a brand new class? Or maybe you heard that some of the children coming up from lower elementary, if you're an upper elementary teacher, were especially challenging and you're feeling a little bit nervous. Do you not have the knowledge committed to memory enough to transmit it to children when it comes to the lessons that you're delivering? Do you have a fixed mindset as opposed to a growth mindset? These are all questions that you're going to want to ask yourself. Our thoughts and beliefs are often our greatest obstacles towards forward movement. And once you recognize that, that can be a huge game changer. It's also very freeing and liberating when we recognize that our thoughts and beliefs are something that not only are often our greatest obstacles, but they are also the things that we have the greatest amount of control over. Another thing you're going to want to ask yourself is, could any of the misbehavior happening be due to me delivering unclear expectations? If you are feeling irritated because misbehavior is at an all-time high, you're going to want to take a step back and think about if you have been clear about your expectations. Does everybody know and understand what is supposed to be happening at what time? And who is involved in certain activities that they need to go to and what they need to be doing and when they need to be doing it and how they need to be doing it. If you are unclear, it can cause children confusion and or discomfort, and they're going to act accordingly. Another thing you're going to want to ask yourself is, 
what was the best part of my day? And how can I have more moments like this? So I'd like to invite you to reflect on the best parts of your day every day. You could even think about today or yesterday or whenever you were in the classroom. How was the environment prepared when these moments happened? Was it prepared differently than usual? Was it a special event or was it an ordinary day? Did you move some furniture around or a shelf or did you put anything new on the shelf? Did these moments result from planned or spontaneous situations? So did the best moments come from something that you planned or was part of a planned day? Or was it just an organic and spontaneous situation that arose that created this moment? Who did your best moments involve? Did they involve other colleagues, your assistant teacher, the students in your classroom, your parents, your school leadership? These are questions you will want to ask yourself because you want to create more of these experiences. From the questions you ask yourself, you're going to notice patterns that emerge over time. And from there, you can do what it takes to create the optimal environment for more wonderful moments to happen. So look at those wonderful moments, identify What were the cause or what was the environmental factors that were present that might have contributed to those wonderful moments and see if you can replicate those wonderful moments again and again. You're also going to want to ask yourself, what was the most difficult part of my day and how did I respond to it? When reflecting upon the most challenging part or parts of your day, self-reflection is most important. It tends to be that humans prefer to take credit when things are going well and to externalize when things are not going well. When your day is difficult, it is very easy to jump to the conclusion that a certain student was misbehaving, a colleague was moody, or things went awry because your assistant teacher didn't make sure the supply shelf was replenished in the morning before the students came. However, none of these things involve self-reflection on what you could have said or done in the situation. Self-reflection involves noticing your actions or behavior and identifying ways to adjust in order to generate a different outcome next time. When reflecting on a difficult part of your day, instead of thinking of all the reasons why someone or something else might have caused it, you will want to ask yourself the following questions. Was I in a bad mood today? You want to ask yourself, was, I, was my mood off today? I'm wondering if that had something to do to contribute with how the day went. You want to ask yourself, was I clear in my expectations, which we talked about a moment ago? You also want to ask, have I been giving the child exhibiting difficult behavior any positive attention throughout the day. You might reflect and say, oh my goodness, every time I talked to that child, I was either asking them to stop doing something or giving them some sort of a command or a directive. And I was pretty much telling them what to do all day long. And when you have students who need a lot of direction and support from you, you need to make sure you are expanding your repertoire of positive connections and positive words and 
ways that you are interacting with them that are positive in general. You also want to ask yourself, is there anything that anyone said to me that in hindsight, I could have used to prevent what happened? Sometimes when we play a scene or a scenario from earlier in the day in our minds, we will see things that we don't see in the moment. It's kind of funny how the mind is like a I'm going to date myself right now, a tape recorder, and we can actually record in our mind what happened and then sort of replay it later and think about it. And you might think about, is there anything or that anyone said to me that in hindsight could have prevented what happened? Maybe a child said something that gave you a clue of the fact that they were ready to explode in anger at one particular time in the day, or maybe your assistant teacher gave you a little subtle warning about something that you needed a heads up on that you kind of didn't pay attention to. So you want to think about what kinds of clues did you have throughout the day that led to the event that occurred? You also want to ask, we always want to ask this as Montessorians, is there something in the environment that I can change? Sometimes I found that moving a table maybe four or five feet from where it was created a totally new atmosphere. Sometimes you'll want to move a shelf or maybe you have too much on a shelf. Maybe you need to have only two or three chairs at a table instead of four chairs at a table. So you want to think about what are the things that you can do in the environment that can change things to make it better. You also want to ask yourself, is my body language and tone inviting? Sometimes it's hard for us to see this when we are looking at it from our own perspective. So I invite you to think about video recording yourself and watching yourself because you can learn a lot from watching yourself. So you can do that You can also ask your assistant for some feedback, say, Hey, like, how is my body language or my tone? And maybe they're going to be able to give you some feedback. And then you can reflect upon that recording yourself and then noticing and thinking about how you might adjust if your body language or tone is not inviting. Another thing you're going to want to ask yourself is, am I making efforts to spark interest in every child every day? Traditional education involves teachers instilling knowledge into children who are blank slates. We are filling them as if we are filling a vessel. The assumption is that they won't want to do most of the things except for those that are deemed as fun and that we have to make them do these things by assigning things, by leveling consequences, and etc. However, in the Montessori approach, We must always begin with enticing them, with hooking them in, with drawing them in. We want to inspire them and we want to ignite a spark of interest. There are many types of things that we can say to spark interest. And if you can't think of, you know, a whole list of things, you can probably Google it because you can find pretty much anything on Google these days. A few questions you might want to ask is, Have you ever wondered, 
you can start with that and that's going to get people excited. You might even just be like randomly, have you ever wondered why the sky is blue? And then maybe you're going to go into a lesson on the atmosphere. You can also ask, have you ever tried? And then they are, they might say, no, I've never tried that. And then I, then that's going to inspire them to want to try something. An example could be, have you ever tried turning a solid into a gas? And at first they might be like, well, wow, like what does that involve? And that could get them very excited. Another thing to ask is, did you know that? And an example would be, did you know that Jupiter is the fastest spinning planet in the solar system? And then you may want to go into a lesson on the solar system. So giving them sort of some fun little tidbits to spark their interest at the beginning is a great thing to do. And you're going to want to think about that every day. Am I making efforts to spark their interest? Or am I just assigning things to them? Or am I just delivering a lesson to get through all of the material? And they're going to know from the way that you respond to them and the way that you present, if you are there to spark their interest, or if you are there to fill the empty vessel. And let me tell you, the kids really appreciate it if you are trying your best to spark their interest. So some final thoughts on this. Humans get better at anything we do through time and practice. When we practice anything, it's really an experiment on trying something new and we continually adjust. Reflection is thinking about whatever it is that we practiced, identifying what went well and what didn't, and then adjusting accordingly. While educators can also receive external feedback from colleagues, from school leaders, and even students and parents, that feedback is intermittent and is based upon observable measures. When reflecting, you can not only review the actions in your mind, but also have thinking about thinking, which is also known as metacognition, to rely on. Reflective thinking is identifying your own thought process and making adjustments, which ultimately leads to external adjustments as well. So those were a few ideas on questions that you can ask yourself to improve your craft. And you want to make sure that you give yourself a little time to reflect every day. Some people just reflect internally in their minds, and a lot of people benefit from writing their reflections down in a journal, just as your elementary children may want to do. In fact, upper elementary children often enjoy writing reflections in a journal. And you can actually model this practice by having your own journal, writing your own reflections and sharing some of your reflections out loud to the children, which serves as a great model for them becoming people who self-reflect as well. Thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to having you join me in another podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trulliammontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. 
In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community. 